0: Hey guys, before we start the show, I wanted to take a second and tell you about an amazing opportunity called Social X. Social X is a community of entrepreneurs working together to make a positive impact on the world. They teach entrepreneurs how to grow from zero to six figures. Their weekly mastermind calls feature top business experts and entrepreneurs from various industries. They offer online courses as well as various events all over the country. If you're interested, DM Justin Caballero on Instagram at jcab. That's J-C-A-B welcome to the venture mentality podcast we're bringing you the insights and interviews from top entrepreneurs and high performers on how to reach your goals and overcome your challenges hosted by 18 year old high school student and entrepreneur jacob o'connor now let's get right into the show hey what's up guys you're listening to the venture mentality podcast i'm your host jacob o'connor Today joining us, we have the 20-year-old entrepreneur and founder of the tech company, Disruptile, Alex Quinn. What's up, Alex?
1: How's it going? It's a pleasure to be on here on this fine Saturday.
0: Yeah, I'm glad we could do this, and the first one in person, that's, that's really big. So I was hoping that we could start off with you kind of giving like a 45-second introduction of what, you, of what you've done and like exactly who you are.
1: Okay, yeah. So uh, we're our company is called Disruptile. We're in the artificial intelligence space. Um, Just for a little bit of background, um, I've always kind of been into inventing. So around the age of 17, I was uh, senior in high school, is really when I got started um, through the local CEO program, as you're familiar with. Um, But uh, over the last two years, our company has really grown and expanded our team. uh, And we've done a couple different pivots. um, But we're currently uh, working on our platform which we uh, call Virtual or Visually Aware Artificial Intelligence. Um, so, this is just simply looking at uh, visual content, whether that be images or video, and being able to uh, actually get a deep understanding of what is uh, inside of that information.
0: Yeah, um, I, I love what you're doing, and Alex and I actually go back about two years. Um, I was going to be a junior in high school, and I was applying for a program, a local program called the Monroe County Startup Program, and Alex had been in it the year before. and So, I was kind of seeking guidance, and like, I didn't know what I wanted to do entrepreneur-wise, so I took a phone call with Alex um, the summer of my junior year, and we talked for a long time about just what Alex was doing and kind of the risks that he had taken. Because uh, I'm sure Alex will talk on this in a minute, but from my understanding, he had pretty much drained his college fund into this company that he was starting. So Alex, I was hoping you could speak on the role that risk risk taking has played in like your development as an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, I I, I think risk taking is really important because you know it all goes back to the concept of you know going all in. And, Um, So, the college fund was particularly interesting because my um, parents weren't exactly uh, pleased with that, but I had um, a little college fund that, you know, had always been planned to be used, um, you know, once I graduated high school to be able to to go to college and and not, you know, take on so much student debt. Um, But as things started to ramp up with the business, I realized, especially with uh, intellectual property costs and mostly actually just lawyers in the beginning um, was really what would require uh, a significant amount of capital um, compared to what I, w- I had previously put into it. Um, so after a lot of discussions and arguments and uh, yelling matches, uh, I finally got approval to do just that, and
0: it got, got drained pretty quickly. <laughs> I'm sure, but you've also been able to fundraise a lot of money, and how do you go about that? Because I know that a lot of people um, listening to this, they're young entrepreneurs who are looking to start their own companies, and a lot of them don't have the resources to do it but you were able to raise a large amount of money. So how did you go about that?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's really all about uh, who you know. Um, and, and that's why it's really important to start networking uh, as early on as possible, um, because uh, one connection leads to another. And that's exactly um, how we've gone about this. Um, so we started with a small network, um, mostly local, um, some people on the west coast, some people on the east coast, but a small network. Um, And just through that network, through lots of introductions and and running into the right people, um, we were able to um, convey our message and and really uh, let these people understand uh, what we're working on, you know, where we see this going and our vision with this and how far that we think we can take it. Um, And once that message was clearly conveyed, um, it was actually uh, more of a a seamless process than I expected. Fundraising is extremely, you know, difficult. It's tough. um, But... I think that if you're working on the right thing and you're able to convey the right message, then I think that makes it uh, a lot simpler. I completely agree. And how did you go about finding people to invest? Um, like I said, it was, it was asking our current network, um, looking for primarily angel investors. So, um, high net worth individuals, uh, in the area that had, you know, expendable capital that they could, um, put into these businesses. And so, uh, a lot of times, that just you know looks like might look like you're successful, you know, real estate person um, from around town. That might look like a, a, a CEO or a business leader, um, or someone that recently um, sold off their company and, and has high liquidity at the moment.
0: Makes sense. It makes sense. And I know that you were a high schooler while you were doing this, and I think that a lot of people listening to this can relate to the fact that they're trying to juggle their side hustle with their with schoolwork. And so how did you? Balance this because for a lot of people, it's hard to like. One area has to give, and it's hard to kind of find the equilibrium between it.
1: And I agree with you that one area has to give. Unfortunately, so um, I'm not particularly recommending this, but um, in my instance, that the area that had to give was my schoolwork. So I think I ended up graduating with a two two point six something like that, Um, which which also you know just just kind of maybe go even more all in. So now I didn't have a college fund. Now I didn't know what colleges I would be able to be admitted into. Um, but yeah, I, I truly had to sacrifice a ton of time. Not that I was a particularly um, strict student before, um, but it, it, it definitely saw some some slippage of, of my grades.
0: <laughs> but then on the other side, the flip side, like you're, you're in high school, you're a junior, you're a senior, but then after school or even like late at night you're going to these co-working spaces and you're sitting there working on a company like was it like surreal when did it kind of hit you that like what you're doing is something that you're going to be doing for the next like however long
1: yeah it was it was a very big switch up um the thing that really brought the awareness to me of just how you know different this was going to be was just the reactions i was getting from other people so um we were based out of um t-rex it's a a the most prominent co-working space in St. Louis, it's located right downtown, and um, they actually told me that I had just broken a record for them. So, um, out of all the years, I, I um, hold the record as the youngest person um, to be accepted for office space there. Um, and apparently, they they had to either have a board or have a special meeting, or work it into a board meeting where they actually had to have a discussion uh, in order for me to be <laughs> approved there. I guess because of my age, but. That's, it was really the reactions from people that, that just made you stop and think like, okay, this is different. This is going to be weird. Hopefully it's a good weird.
0: And as you alluded to with your age, I think for a lot of people listening, they can relate to this, you know, again, with you being young and myself being young, that the problem they face is like people taking them seriously because of their age. So how have you been able to combat ages? Yeah, it's
1: it's a real thing. Um, it, it's a very real thing. Um, I'd love to say that, you know, use this framework, do these steps and, no one will ever judge you on your age, but that's that's just not true. What I found is, you know, try to, you know, be as responsible and um, professional, and you know, make sure that you know what you're talking about. Um, but what I've noticed is that I, I will still get um, a lot of uh, different reactions and, and treatment from people compared to you know other people that are standing in the room. Sometimes other people from my company, you know, that are are older. Um, But what I've noticed is that as you work your way up and talk to people that are higher up and higher up, so for instance, like CEOs heads of product um, from large tech companies, uh, for whatever reason, the higher up you are, the less likely they are to judge you based on age, rather, you know, just um, judging you based on merit. Um, And so that's been helpful, but still, you know, day to day interactions, it's still there. Um, and I, I haven't found the perfect answer.
0: That, that makes sense. And I think that um, a lot of times, whenever people are looking at the age, uh, I, I talk to a lot of high performance entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And the thing that they like about this with the podcast is the fact that I'm young and I'm doing it. But right? I know in different industries, it's just the complete opposite. Like you look at yourself being in the tech industry and they really want someone typically with more experience like this to be their second company or they want them to work somewhere else before this
1: yeah yeah there's a huge um priority usually that's given to what they call serial entrepreneurs so people that have started you know one business after the other especially if there's been uh, a past history of several um, successful acquisitions um and and that's that's another tough point it's particularly um, different in fundraising so if you've had um, a lot of past experience, fundraising is exponentially easier compared to if you have no prior experience because it's all about risk management for these people. Um, and again, it's it's honestly, you just have to kind of tough it out and just work through it your first time to make that easier um, because, you know, there's no way to pull experience out of thin air. You just need to start, you know, as early as you can and, and work your way from there.
0: All right, so Alex, I know earlier that we discussed how your company is working and doing stuff in the AI, AI field, but if you kind of speak more in depth on what you guys are doing.
1: Yeah, so we're on a mission to enable people to interface with the world's visual information. Um, and so really what it looks like from a consumer standpoint is um, our, our platform gets integrated with your smart devices, so whether that be a smart TV, smartphone, phone, a um, little bit in the future, smart glasses, um, and being able to Um, access the on-screen content and then understand that content, but then the user is able to ask uh, any question about what they're currently watching. Um, So whether they wanna know the name of a certain actor or actress, they wanna purchase products that appear on screen, Um, they wanna know know, where that famous landmark uh, is, or um, we're even dabbling with the audio streams now as well to be able to understand um, the voice and conversation aspects as well. but essentially acting as that quote, unquote, like expert in the room. So, you know, if you're watching uh, a sports game and you don't keep up with sports that much, uh, but your friend there is a, you know, massive sports fan, you know, you just ask them question after question because you know that they're gonna know the answer. And that's really um, what we're trying to recreate is that human element where there's this expert that's always in the room, just like um, you would converse with a a friend.
0: And are there other companies out there already doing this or are they like not very accurate or kind of like, what is? be your role
1: yeah so we are the first people to bring this um functionality to market um there's where the specific field in ai that that we're in is called computer vision which is kind of exactly like it sounds it's interpreting visual information Um, there are other you know companies and technologies in the computer vision space so you know object recognition um, self-driving cars uh, is another um, subsection of that field um, but there's no one that's um, combining all this to, to bring this um, type of functionality to the consumers.
0: Wow that's impressive so let's, let's just recap for a second. 20 years old he's got his own office, he's got his own team behind him and he's bringing this emerging technology forward to the, the ball. It's,
1: it's fingers crossed everything is uh, going according to plan. So it,
0: is it is it still surreal for you like what point did it hit that you were like I'm actually doing something like this? Cause I know that you have, there's, there's two points. You have the initial point where it's like, Hey, I'm going all in. And you have the second point where it's like, this might actually work out and become something great.
1: Yeah. That, that moment really hit last December. So last December we went out to California and we met with, um, some of the largest tech companies in the world. And, um,
0: we went into those
1: meetings, um, obviously really believing in in our core technology and our core, um, vision for the company. Um, but up until that point, we had had no, um, you know, external analysis of that, you know, the ability to gauge the, the industry leaders' reactions and see what, you know, their thoughts were. Um, but in those meetings very, very quickly, um, we realized that that this this vision, you know, is shared by them as well. They get it, they like it. Um, they they want to do you know, something special for their customers. Um, and so is at that point where, you know, you really just step back and you're like, well, I mean, this, this thing that started as an idea, you know, wouldn't this be really cool? You know, slowly got built up to, you know, being able to function and then showing it to the people, the uh, decision makers in the industry, the titans of the industry, quite frankly, and, and having them share that same enthusiasm. I mean, that was, yeah, that was, that was pretty surreal. That, that was an interesting night when we got back to the hotel room. I was just, I don't know. I, yeah, that was, that was the, one of the best moments of my life.
0: I'm sure that, that must have been just an absolutely crazy experience. And I think one of the things that kind of drives something like this is the company that wants to do big things like this, they have to have a visionary leading them forward. Yeah. So to kind of go along with that, where do you see this struggle um, going like 10 years from now, 20 years from now, like what's the big like end goal for you guys?
1: Yeah. So we want to, we view this platform, um, as the catalyst for our company. It's going to um, allow us to get the resources that we need to, um, uh, Substantially, you know, increase our, our engineering team and our, our business leadership team, um, and allow us to do lots of other things. So, our minds are always racing. Um, we've got a list of like fifty platforms that we think could be um, uh, very lucrative, very successful. Um, but you know, it's important to stay focused. Um, but in the end, we really um, want to be, you know, if everything goes according to plan, pretty broad-reaching. Um, because there's this mentality out there—not that this is right or wrong—but there's this mentality out there that companies have whenever they reach some success uh, and there's you know new opportunities that they can pursue. But they're like, oh, you know, this would be great. This would be you know uh, a good product, but we're not a so-and-so company. We can't do that because we don't work in so-and-so field. Um, but our mentality has really been, you know, what if if we think this product should exist and we look around and we see no one's doing it, we say, screw it, we're, we're going to do it. We're gonna be the ones to do it. We don't care. So, um, and and I think that's a great mentality to have—to not really be, you know, walled off or limited, just based off, you know, fears or just you know illogical um, beliefs, but but rather just to just to go for it, Um, be aggressive, um, be willing to take risks and be willing to make massive
0: change. Absolutely, and I agree with that. I think just even outside of the company, but like in real life people have these limited beliefs and restrictions that they put on themselves. It's like once you realize that you don't have to go one way, you can pivot at any point, you can kind of take, you can go the direction that you want to. Like so many doors will open up. I think that mindset is what's going to allow you guys to be successful in the future.
1: Yeah. People, people, people are what changed the world. People are what made the world how it is. And it's only been people and it has to be someone. Um, So there's really no limitation other, other than what you believe is your limitation. And it's just that it's just a belief. Um, so I, I think, I think the ability to just put yourself out there and, and pursue something, no matter if it's a regular job, it's a career, you know, it's, it's entrepreneurship, whatever that is, just go for it,
0: do it. That's so powerful. And I think kind of along with that though, is whenever you're pursuing something like this and you're going all in, there's a state of vulnerability that you kind of enter. And so like, how do you handle the times whenever you're working on this big dream, this big vision you have, but things just aren't going your way?
1: Uh, it's it's rough, because especially the the first year for sure is is an up and down roller coaster like you wouldn't believe. I mean it's there it's it's all about staying like true to yourself and and really reinforcing how you feel about what you're creating, um, your knowledge that you've that you've um, you know curated and and just telling yourself, if I execute right, this will work. This will work. And every second of the day, just pushing that goal closer and closer to reality. Um, that's that's really what it's all about because, you know, especially when you train your college fund, you tank your grades, there's not a whole lot of other aspects of your life to look and be like, okay, but I'm still good here, right? So you just have to really double down and be like, well, I'm going to make really, really sure that, that this will be good.
0: Absolutely. And I think that you have to keep an open mind and a sense of optimism because as soon as you start being pessimistic and like start to worry about the bad things that might come through then they're more likely to happen but if you keep the open mind more opportunities come your way Start so looking for solutions rather than problems
1: yeah I agree with that yeah
0: so with you being young young your company is starting to see you some know, success what advice could you offer to any young entrepreneurs looking to enter just you know maybe not the tech field just any field
1: um, the first thing you should do is, is start with your network find whether it's um, you know asking people in your community um, you know, looking, in in my case, in the business world on LinkedIn, um, the social network for business, um, find out just one person that's a good person to start with, someone that's knowledgeable, someone that's that's been there, that's done that. Um, Because whether it's them or it's someone else, you know, if not them, they'll be able to point you to the right person. And once you find that right person, things become exponentially easier. Um, You know, they've been on that path they can guide you and it, and it makes it so that it's not like what I call the, the Google journey where, you know, you're looking up stuff. I step, what do I do now? know. Um, and, and that that's really what's important because it can cut out a lot of the noise and just make that path um, to your goal a lot
0: more efficient. Exactly. And I think that mentorship, it plays a big role in this because if you have someone like a connection that can, who's been in your position, you can learn from not only your mistakes, but their mistakes as well to catalyze forward.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, my, uh, my mentor is from um, Atlanta. Um, he's he's been uh, very successful in the business world, and I, I just cannot stress the the impact that he has had on um, my journey. Whether it's you know uh, just you know uh, the advice he's given, the connections he's pointed me toward, um, or or really just being there, you know, to talk to during you know, some of the rough parts uh, of the journey. I mean, I, it, it's just kind of difficult to try to imagine what, you know, everything would look like at this point when you remove, you know, something like that, when you remove, you know, someone that's had such a strong impact. Um, so I'm, I'm very, very grateful. And, and that's why I can't recommend enough, you know, you know, might not call it a mentor, you know, maybe, maybe that's uh, wouldn't be um, fitting, you know, for their particular situation, but just finding someone that fills part of that role is super, super
0: important. I, I completely agree. That's so important. And before I forget, if anyone wants to find out more about Disruptile, or you, you yourself, where can we reach out to you at?
1: Uh, www.disruptile.com.
0: And I'll link that in the description so you can swipe up and check it out. Um, Alex, before we go, I've got one last question. Right. First, a little bit of background. So when you die, the only thing that matters is the difference that you made and the impact that you had. So with that being said, what difference do you want to have made and what impact do you want to have had? I want to have contributed to the advancement of emerging technologies.